Welcome to the Hammerlock Hangover with Jeff and Steve. I'm Steve. He's Jeff. This will be a wrestling podcast like no other. We expect to bring you the biggest and best wrestling news and events from WWE, AEW, ROH, Impact, New Japan, and all other federations across the globe. Plus, we'll give you our unique takes and reviews on everything wrestling. It's going to be exciting and funny along the way. So I hope you're down for a good time, because we certainly are. Let's get started. Uh, Jeff, how you doing? I am doing just fine. I am the Malachi of Evil Dose. Getting ready to get funky like a monkey and take care of business. We're going to talk some wrestling here. Yes, this is a wrestling podcast. No one has ever come up with this concept before. We are breaking ground. This is going to be big, people. Very big. Very big. Um, almost as big as uh, the dragon uh, Keith Lee. The dragon Keith we'll Lee. Get, which we'll get into a little later. But I want to start off. Um, we're recording this on a Thursday. So we're going to start off with the biggest news of the week. Start with AEW and then work backwards. Um, let's talk about Jericho MJF, this Le Dinner Debonair. Jeff, what were your thoughts on uh, this Broadway show uh, tune? Just to get everybody, uh, uh, you know, just to get everybody situated. If you want to listen to like a minute by minute review of the shows, like wrestling shows, this ain't that show. We're going to talk high points and then move on because we want to cover a lot of things in a little bit of time. So uh, we're just going to knock out a couple things um, from each show. What would you think about that, Jeff? Your concept, I think it's wonderful. As far as this this segment was, listen, it started off pretty good. They were at a really small table, so it was awkward. They were all dressed up. Jericho's in a smoking jacket and and a bow tie. Uh, MJF keeps getting the waitress's name wrong. It's Velma. He keeps calling it Thelma. That's funny. All of it's funny. Then they order their steaks well done, and it just got worse from there. Um, And they got up into this song and dance routine, and this is probably the most polarizing thing in wrestling I can recall since the Marco Stun signing. And before that, you'd have to go to... I I don't know what is this polarizing. There's been plenty of things that have been universally hated, um, like All Day and Bailey, This Is Your Life. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, like, I go back to May Young birthing a hand as being something that I thought was was this bad because I really thought this was just so stupid. And I don't, you know, people say, oh, it's funny. They're showcasing their talents. They're cocky heels. Uh, Jericho's a, a singer. That's debatable. But fine. So be it. You want to do the bit. You think it's funny. You want to live with it. I think that's fine. Have them having dinner with each other. They're in this rivalry. They're staring. And then you do like the wavy, like it's a dream sequence. And they're both like having varying daydreams. But it's the same daydream, except in Jericho's, he's carrying the show. And MGF is boobing it up. And in MGF's, he's leading the show. And Jericho is boobing it up. And then they, you know, both break out of their little daydream slumber one after another. And they they do their simultaneous talking shtick. What are you staring at? What are you staring at? I'm not staring at you. 
you know, and they could do that, and and it would have been fine. They could have had their stupid little number with the dancing girls and the cheerleaders, and it would have been fine. Now it's canon. Now it's actually part of the storyline. Mm -hmm. So at the risk of sounding like Jim Cornette, this was terrible. This was absolute trash. Most people who follow wrestling aren't old enough to remember Cop Rock. They probably don't even remember who Stephen Bochco was, but he made some of the greatest drama TV shows, and he's like the guy who started the hour-long shows, but they continued. They weren't all standalone. Like SWAT used to be standalone. Charlie's Angels was standalone. Mm -hmm. He saw like Hill Street Blues and NYPD Blue and that kind of thing. He, he changed television. He also did a show called Cop Rock, which was a perfectly good cop show, except in the middle of scenes, they would break into songs just like this. And it was terrible. Cop Rock did not have a long life, and hopefully this won't either. I, I absolutely hated it. And I know that it seems like around 50% of the people liked it. Some of them, I think, legitimately, legitimately liked it. Some of them just seems, seem to be reflexive AEW apologist types. Uh, but I, I thought this was terrible. But like I said, it, it 30 seconds more of thought, and I think it could have been saved for everyone except maybe Jim Cornette. Yeah, um, I watched it, and I liked it. I didn't watch it live, but I watched it back. And, you know, I, I know to expect some sort of cheesiness in my wrestling, in my sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. Um, my only problem with this, I thought it was very entertaining. It, it, it was funny. I got a couple chuckles. Um, my only problem is AEW prided itself from being wrestling and not sports entertainment. We are not Vince McMahon. We are not WWE. We are wrestling. You want to see wrestling? You come to AEW. And for the longest time, for the whole first year, for majority, that was them, right? But this was totally like an episode. I would You could have spliced this out of Raw or SmackDown. I saw one guy write in a group that the Elias concert was more entertaining than this. That's debatable, but um, that's my only problem with it is, you know, if your claim to fame is, oh, we're not Vince McMahon. You just wrote a segment that Vince McMahon would have probably signed off on. And in, in the 40, 50 years that Vince has been writing and booking, I'm sure musical numbers have, have you've seen The Rock do musical numbers, you know? So seen Vince himself, you know, there's that gif of him running around on stage, uh, you know, uh, with the jazz hands. Like, you, you know, it, I felt like this was counter brand. And what I find really interesting to your point, uh, Jeff, is that you see a lot of um, wrestling, AEW fans, I'm gonna call them marks. I don't use the word mark disparagingly uh, like most people, but you know, that they are the target audience. They're the marks, right? So sure. They, I think they're now, I saw one guy tell me, um, oh, well, they're taking Vince's templates because, you know, they need to succeed and, you know, be entertaining. Okay, so you want to be Vince McMahon or you don't want to be Vince McMahon? Which one is it? This is the problem I have with the segment. The problem I have with it is, and I see where you're coming from. I always thought that the line about we're more sports entertainment was bull. Um, 
because it really wasn't. Once you signed Orange Cassidy and Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy, you you moved off of that. The librarians. I mean, we don't need to go through the history of AEW, but it was a different kind of comedy shtick. It was it was a it was it was a different kind of not serious aspect. It was it was like indie stuff. Um, so it was a, this was just like watching a car wreck. It was so disjointed. And I don't mind comedy in wrestling either. I don't like it all either. I mean, uh, you know, I thought Kurt Angle with this with the undersized cowboy hat was stupid. Like, you know, trying to, you know, suck up to Austin. That that was dumb. Sometimes it made me chuckle. There were things in this that made me chuckle. Doesn't mean that I liked it. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of bad movies where there were five funny parts during the movie, uh, but I didn't like the movie. I I, I chuckled a little. But th this this to me was just a bridge too far. And but to your point, I mean, in this very episode, every one of Kingston's promos is like, yeah, he went to the sport, he went to the entertainment place, he went to the, the entertaining place. Well, we don't do yep. that here. I mean, okay, Kingston, you know, you 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 know what the rest of the show is. It's fine. We we all agree Orange Cassidy can wrestle. Sure, fine. Okay, if 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 you watch AEW, you just have to accept it. Whether you love that segment. Or you don't love that segment? Fine, you're going to watch it, or you skip that segment. I mean, that's it's okay. It's a free, it's a free free country. This was beyond. I mean, if you think the Jungle Boy should be in a ring with Wardlow, okay, fine. You know that 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 that's your taste. Um, but this was just this, this to me just was too far. I don't really know how to explain it except it was so disjointed. It actually took me out of the show. I was in shock disbelief. I couldn't believe that this was on my TV show. It, it, if you're gonna at least pretend to take yourself seriously, pretend to take yourself seriously. This wasn't even pretending. This was like we're we're complete bullshit. Uh, we're having <laughs> dinner together. We're fighting, but uh, but we have this choreographed dance segment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, TV gives you outs. Make it a dream. Make it a daydream. I mean, something. Where do you think this is leading to? Like, I saw a lot of people say, oh, you know, I see, uh, you know, MJF uh, trying to take the inner circle away from Jericho. You think that's where we're going? I mean, eventually, sure. I mean, you know, they have a lot of, I mean, uh, one of the good things about AEW is they have a lot of different ways they can go with their storylines. But yeah, th this seems like something that they've been building for a while. Uh, you know, they invited MJF into the inner circle early on or asked if he wanted to be part of it early on and they sort of let it go for a while and then brought it back again. And, and, and all that's good. I, I like the interplay with Sammy Guevara. I liked him not getting a jacket for three weeks and then getting the oversized one, you know, and, and then Jericho slowly hushing Sammy as, as uh, MJF is playing all the right notes, kissing up to Jericho over a couple of weeks yeah. which from, you know, loser to hmm, perhaps, I mean, all that, all that was good, and it was can't be good. It, it wasn't highbrow comedy, but it was good, solid wrestling comedy. I am not an AEW hater. Anyone who has known me a long time, and some of you will, will know, I came into this in the very beginning being very excited about AEW. I became an AEW hater very quickly. I remained an AEW hater until almost New Year's. They won me over during the Jericho Cruise episodes, largely on the back of Britt Baker's promos but for the next five or six months aw was by far my favorite wrestling product and I, that may not be an exact timetable but in the last 
several weeks, probably two months or so, I've seen them go back to their instincts before Tony Khan took control, or at least for the reports where Tony Khan was taking control of booking. And I don't know what's happened. Maybe, maybe success was, he forgot what got them there, but he got them there. So, or at least that's what I thought happened. Anyway, they, they seem to be know. going into their worser demons. And, uh, but where do I think it goes? Which was the question that you asked, I think, three days ago. Yeah, I, I think that at some point there's going to be some merger or teasing of merger with the inner circle. It looks like Guevara and PMP are going to schism with that. That's not going to work out. Looks like there's going to, you know, Wardlow and Hager at some point, maybe immediately or shortly thereafter, will have their tete-a-tete. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to to see Jericho turn face after losing the troll, have a few with MJF, and then either be retired by MJF or Sammy Guevara, who seems to be his handpicked guy, in another year or two. I mean, it's almost January. January will be two years that he signed his three-year contract. So he's got another year and months. Now, that doesn't mean he can't resign, but he turns 50 in November. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, you know, I don't know how long he wants to keep doing this. Yep. Very good. Let's talk about some other stuff uh, in AEW. Let's talk about this uh, Alex Reynolds injury uh, during this, uh, what is it, an eight-man tag with uh, the Bucks, Butcher and the Blade, uh, Private Party, and... Uh, For a title shot. And Reynolds and... Uh, who's Reynolds' Silver. partner? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Reynolds, uh, I guess, uh, takes a flying leg drop from Private Party and then gets knocked out. Yeah. I'm not sure if he gets knocked out during, because it's a it's a bunch of spots that happen at, mm-hmm. uh, consecutively, and Alex Reynolds apparently gets knocked out during either the leg drop uh, from Private Party or a splash from the Young Bucks. But if you watch the video, uh, it, it, Reynolds is uh, motionless in the middle of the ring for mm-hmm. what seems like a good couple minutes, but in reality was maybe about 15 to 25 seconds. Yeah. Um, the ref doesn't stop the action. Uh, the other ref- wrestlers uh, are doing spots. Even the Young Bucks are super kicking every other people in the ring. Everything's happening around Reynolds. Reynolds is, again, motionless. And then uh, finally, um, I forget which one is which. The Butcher, Blade. the Blade. Blade, Blade. drags uh, Reynolds to his corner and tags him out. But he's still motionless on the mat. Mm-hmm. Um, horrible to see. I just wanted to collect your thoughts on this, um, this, this situation and whose responsibility is it to be like timeout guys. We've got a real problem here. This dude is knocked the fuck out. Well, who, you know who, who, who strains out that shit? Listen, I'm not a professional wrestler. Haven't been trained as a professional wrestler. You're not more than four decades, but you know, everyone's, everyone's a smart fan these days. Uh, I also don't say Mark with a pejorative. I'm on a wrestling podcast. Of course I'm a Mark. I mean, come on. Um, My understanding is that the other talent is supposed to check on the person and the ref is supposed to take control. The the main issue I have here, I mean, the ref should have taken control, but the main issue I have here is that there's a possibility that because there are two executive vice presidents in this match and saying the show must go on, that they overruled the ref. Now, ref either was told not to intervene 
or was sort of tacitly intimidated because two EVPs were in the match. And it was a very important match. It was for the, the title shot at full gear for this long arc story that, that really started even before FTR signed with AEW for the Bucks versus FTR. So listen, I, I don't know enough about wrestling to know who was supposed to be primarily responsible for that. My understanding was it was always the referee. But when you have your boss, boss the two of your bosses in the ring, and that's another issue, a lot of bosses, um, you know, maybe you're overruled or maybe you're afraid to take that action in, in, in such a important spot. Now, the good news is it seems like he's okay. I mean, concussions are nothing to laugh about, but he was on Twitter today not many, making any mention of anything. The person it's Probably because he forgot. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's that's true. That's entirely possible. Um, so, uh, you know, you know, we're not ruling anything in or, or out, but he, he was on Twitter and active. Um, I had also heard that, that Phoenix might've gotten hurt and, and I haven't heard anything about that since. I haven't heard that either. I, I know that that match was probably the best match of the night. Um, some people are saying the match of the year contender. I don't know about that, but no. you know, um, definitely, um, a really good match between Phoenix and Pentagon. Any thoughts on uh, that? Uh, definitely not match of the night. I mean, uh, I'm not even sure if it was the match of that show. Um, uh, I'm not, I, it was fine, but I, I mean, I've seen them have better matches. I, I didn't think mm -hmm. it was a particularly great match. I mean, there, there was a nice little story there where Pentagon sort of showed mercy and, Phoenix took advantage, which was sort of the opposite of what I, it, well, was sort of what I was hoping was going to happen. But I don't know. Most people, the prevailing wisdom was it was going to be Phoenix. So I was sort of taking the contrarian view. Plus, I prefer Pentagon generally. Um, but it was fine. I, I, I wouldn't, I mean, okay, mat, match of the night on that show, maybe. I mean, I, I'll take Omega over, you know, over Sonny Kiss as the match of the night. I, I thought that was pretty perfect. So Interesting. Interesting. A lot of people felt that uh, Sonny got squashed, and 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 I saw some people saying that it was because he's black. Some people said because he's, uh, uh, you know, um, he. Uh, what is the, what is the proper terminology that I'm looking for? Um, he is not cis. I I don't know what the proper terminology is. Yeah. Just, you know, he 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 uh, identifies as both he and she. I don't think it had anything to do with Sonny Kiss. Joey Janela was supposed to be in that match. I don't think they changed a thing. I think the same exact thing was going to happen to Joey Absolutely. Janela. So uh, I, I don't think it merits more pontification unless we hear something differently on that. Uh, you know, the squash had nothing to do with, with – my enjoyment of the match had nothing to do with it being Sonny Kiss. I would have actually preferred it to be Joey Janela because uh, I don't like Joey Janela. Um, Sonny, I sort of like, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I too think like, you know, it's Sonny must be in a hard spot, right? You, you know, you're not, not expecting to be in a match with Kenny. You've worked with Kenny before. And so the coach says, take the ball, Sonny. And he jumped in and he, I think he did a good job. Well, he didn't do anything. He just, he just slipped the puddle. <laughs> I mean, he, he, 
<laughs> he did all the right selling with the face. Like he was confused at the end where, you know, he, uh, like he was sort of, you know, gathering his, his wits. Uh, but at the same time, it was sort of suspicious that, that mean Kenny was going to, you know, only pretend to congratulate him and was going to knock him out again. So, you know, he, 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 he did all the right things, but you know, I don't really care about that. I mean, I thought the entrance was so cheesy and funny. I thought the Justin Roberts announcement, uh, uh, you know, he he was on PWI. This he was he he speaks Japanese so well he interprets for Michael Nakazawa. I mean, it was so over the top that the the two girls doing the uh, um, the uh, sweeper dance and and the same moves over and over again. I mean, it yeah. was just so cheesy, and it was I mean, it was so healy. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Kenny Omega fan. I'm not a big Kenny Omega hater either, but. This was fun. I mean, I, I thought the whole mm -hmm. segment was well done. Um, so I agree. I, it, it 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 did it did what it was supposed to do. You know, and yes. it, it pushes Kenny forward. And it uh, you know, I think Sonny did a good job too, doing whatever he was doing. Let's yeah, move now, on to Enik. Well, before oh. we do that, we should really talk about why Janela got removed. And this is a mixed bag for AEW because they truly do treat their wrestlers like independent contractors, which is correct. They are independent contractors. Um, the con of that is that they do other shows, and some of the shows are very professional, theoretically. Others are not so much. Um, and this is two weeks in a row where top AW talent has participated in events where afterwards at least one competitor has tested positive for COVID. God knows who else in the audience. Um, you know, Lord knows who was asymptomatic. Last week, they didn't pull anyone. I mean, Moxley was at the, the collective. Janela was at the collective. PMP were at the collective. All of them performed last week, and I did check with someone, and, and it was a live show, so they didn't pull it. Well, this week, they pulled Janela for it. Maybe a week too late, but okay. Better late than never, but that's why. But this is going to be a continuing issue and COVID just makes it worse. This was always something that I think people were afraid of when they're spending full, you know, when they're, when they're paying AEW, uh, I'm sorry, WWE wages to AEW people, but letting them do other stuff, the risk they run is losing major people uh, who are still doing indie shows. Mm -hmm. So kudos to them respecting the independent contractor status but to quote an old song, it's it's getting kind of hectic. Yep, and it's um, you know I see the word sloppy shop be thrown around a lot. Yeah, you think AEW uh, runs a sloppy shop? <laughs> Listen, I think everybody is running sloppy shops these days. WWE has been, their facilities have been declared a possible COVID hot zone. So I mean. Now I'm doing what everyone else does. They're, they're saying, well, WWE does it, and I'm doing that too. I'm just saying that, you know, when this thing started, I, I really thought all sports should shut down, um, and they should, and they didn't. And luckily no one's died. As far as we know, no one's gotten really sick uh, from it, but who knows who's telling the truth. Um, is it a sloppy shop? I don't think it's any sloppier than any other shop and, and frankly probably less sloppy than say the NFL is right now. Mm. So I'm not enamored with it, but I mean I don't know. I 
I don't know what to say to it, but it's Copy. not as clean as it could be. It's just that this is a risk that, that's being run. And, and if I was Tony Khan, I would consider maybe paying them extra because I suspect that their contracts are WWE par wages per appearance but are not guaranteed. So if I was Tony Khan during this time, I would consider paying them for days that are not working to not work, to to stay in the Jacksonville area to stay near whatever the AEW complex is. Yeah. You really think that they're going to pay like on par with WWE wages? I don't think so. I don't think. I think, I think there's a lot of disparity. I, I think like obviously the EVPs are getting a salary, probably two. Um, Jericho is obviously getting paid guaranteed money. Moxley's getting paid guaranteed money. Page yep. is probably getting paid guaranteed money. Um, after Omega. that. Yeah, Omega. For, well, he's an EVP. Um, after that, we're going to make up numbers now because I don't know what it is, but let's just say a, an average WWE performer makes what would average to be $500 a night. Uh, I think AEW pays $500 a night and says we're paying the same thing as WWE, but WWE has them full-time, so they're getting $500 365 days a year, basically. Gotcha, uh, Okay. Where I think AEW, if they work Tuesday, they're getting paid five hundred dollars every Tuesday. If they work forty Tuesdays, they're getting forty times five hundred dollars. If they work twelve Tuesdays, they're getting twelve times five hundred dollars. So don't ask I, me to do that math. I'm not asking anyone to do the math as long as I can get the concept. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't have an AEW contract, but they they have so many people on payroll, or they have so many people on their roster and they have so many indie people there. That's the only thing that really makes sense to me. Uh, and they're hoarding um, and they're not a publicly traded company. Now, listen, I know they have extra money because they're getting paid for two shows and they're only producing one, but I'm not really sure what's going on behind closed doors with TNT on that. And we also know they've had some, some funny business like Ben Carter. He didn't have a work mm. visa, so he worked for free for a couple of weeks. Well, that's a violation of his visa and labor laws, but, you know, so be it. But uh, I, I guess he's back in the UK and signed with NXT UK. So kudos, but that may have been one reason why he, he departed quickly because uh, mm -hmm. you can only you can only be on national TV so many times without somebody figuring it out. <laughs> this is true. Um, let's move on to NXT. Um, we saw Pat McAfee come back. Um, I feel like I'm the only guy, but like, uh, I feel like when I see Pat McAfee and Ridge Holland, I, I, it's easily, maybe it's my age. I'm turning 40 this year. So like, or in the next day. So maybe it's my eyesight. I don't know, but I feel like I see the same guy when it's Ridge Holland and uh, Pat McAfee. Anyway, McAfee helps Oni Lorcan and uh, what's his name? Tory Birch. Only, um, I think <laughs> Danny Burke. It's, it's right. Danny Burke. I was. I wanted to say Shane Thorne. <laughs> no, there's no Shane Thorne anymore. It's there is no Shane Thorne Slapjack. anymore. Nobody's seen him in, in months. There's only Slapjack. Oh, is that him? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't either. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on uh, Pat McAfee being back? I guess because Ridge is out for a while, I think they called back Pat McAfee to extend that between him and Adam Cole. Listen, your thought, let's start with McAfee, and then uh, let's get your thoughts on uh, Oni and Tory Burch being uh, the tag champions. I think Pat McAfee did 
a great job in in his match with Adam Cole, and and he takes it seriously. He plays his character well. I think Pat McAfee being back is fine. He's actually a better character than most of the professional wrestlers. Do I love him as a performer? No. Do I think anybody's going to tune in for him? I think that's already been determined to be no. So, you know, I don't think he adds very much, except he does add a body at a time where they've had the injury bug left and right on some major names. And they've also plucked a bunch of other people out and put them on the main roster. Some of them may or may not be under masks. We're not really sure. We don't know. We're, we're <laughs> a very ill-informed uh, podcast here. We're new. We don't even have a, yeah. a permanent title. Um, so I think it's fine. Uh, but I, I took your cue earlier. You don't want me to go on my little mini rant about this now. So we'll wait. Which one, which rant was this? The mini rant. Okay. So now you blew it. You, 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 I know. uh, I feel like there's a lot of rants. You've got a lot of rant potential. I do have a lot of rant potential. It it is true. You are correct. This is catharsis. This is therapy. Thank you. Um, (laughs) did you get my insurance information by the way? Yes, that's right. We're um, the forty-five minutes are almost up. Now I'm going to charge you overtime. Yeah, I see the card again. That's very official. <laughs> um, a very relaxing earth tone in the wall behind you. That's that's nice. Thank you. Um, okay, here's my little mini rant with it. We did not know in advance that the undisputed era were going to be taken out. So even if Pat McAfee was behind it, which I guess could be the story, uh, and probably has to be now. How did he know that necessarily he'd be successful, A? B, how did he know that Stephen Regal, in the middle of the show, was going to award the shot to Lorcan and Birch? I mean, they just lost a, a contender's match, what, two weeks ago, one week ago? I mean, how, how did he know that, the, that he wouldn't just take the two top, uh, top-ranked single stars and throw them together in a, in a mixed match and, and, you know, put them in there and, and say, you guys uh, get the shot or, or made an eight-man or whatever the case. In any event, you know, obviously he had this little plan where he helped Birch and Lorcan, which means he had to know that Birch and Lorcan were going to be in there. Or he's just was scheming and was always hanging around the performance center or full cell waiting for the Wednesday where it would happen, which is, you know, possible, but, you know, insane. Um, so that's my mini rant. I thought that was stupid, and it, it was very WWE main roster booking storytelling. It, it's not what we've come to expect from NXT. Uh, although in the last couple of months, the booking decisions in a- NXT haven't really seemed that much different from main roster, which is uh, not, not a good thing. Yeah, that's the rumor that Vince has his hand in NXT now. Um, yeah, I didn't really w- get a chance to watch it. Um, so I really have no, no, uh, no real feedback to, to provide with, uh, NXT. Um, but I like that they're progressing the storylines. I feel like Ember is a good addition. I feel Rhea and Tony Storm, you know, they're, that, that gives it some name power. I think on the, on the men's side, there's, they're lacking star power. And again, that's, I guess why they're tapping, uh, McAfee back in, um, Anything else to cover in uh, NXT? No. Well, yeah. I mean, I've I've felt like the last few weeks NXT has been very blah. But absent last week, the the weeks before that, I liked the flow of the show, even though I didn't necessarily like the show itself. And what I mean by that, they would have a match. 
then they'd have a promo, then they'd have a match, then they'd have a vignette, then they'd have a surprise, then a match, then then you know a, a backstage scene. I sort of like the. It was almost like AEW. It was more of a digestible show. Mm-hmm. Last night, I thought, was the first time that they actually achieved that and made a good show. Now, I didn't think it was a great show, and and part of that is because I'm, I'm a sizist audience. You should know that. I don't like small wrestlers. I also don't really love women's wrestling that much. That, that's a mixed bag, and, and it, it's not as bad as it came out. But I, I don't think a wrestling show should be 50% women's wrestling. That that takes away from it for me. Um, one or two matches is plenty. Um, but they do lack the star power. But I would say that last night was the most complete, best NXT episode probably since, except for TakeOver, uh, probably since uh, Lee and Cross. Yep. And coincidentally, I... I I, I'll agree with you there because I think once they started plucking away the talent, Lee Cross gets hurt, even though he wasn't, he just kind of just arrived and then, you know, in a couple months got a title shot. So it's not like he's got a, a main, like a big name to him. I feel like they're, they're just missing some name power. Now Balor gets hurt. Like it's a real problem for them. Ratings uh, show it. Uh, they were, what was it, in the 600s and uh, AEW was in the 700s? Yeah, both um, those shows suffered. Everyone's saying it's the World Series or politics or whatever. Fine. Bo- both shows went down. I mean, uh, but yeah, AEW was about, I think, 753, and I think NXT was like 644-ish, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Very good. Let's talk about Raw. Um, let's start with, I know you and I both are very passionate about uh, Lana. We're, we're going to get to that. But let's start with the big news, The Fiend and Retribution. I know um, uh, you have a lot of opinions on The Fiend and his presentation. Uh, what do you think of uh, The Fiend me- meeting face-to-face with uh, Retribution? Well, let's go with the positive. I really like The Fiend. I really like The Fiend and Alexa. Um, I like what The Fiend did. I really like the Hurt business. I like how they handled Retribution. I, I think it's crazy to have this new faction, Retribution, uh, you know, explode on the, on, the, on the scene, sort of. Well, they didn't really explode on the scene, but they finally give them the leader and the focal point in Ali. They don't let him talk for a week. He does his promo after they get destroyed, this week, but you know, you have a new faction, they get destroyed twice, really. It it, it looks silly. That said, I, I prefer the hurt business and the fiend to retribution. And to be honest, the the fiend, he's helping them. Pretty soon they're not re- gonna be retribution anymore. They're they're, they're not even gonna be angry, they're gonna love their workplace, they're gonna love the workplace environment, they're gonna accept minimum contracts, they're gonna write lovely things on Twitter, they're gonna give WWE great Yelp reviews, and they're gonna change their name to Salvation or or <laughs> you know, or, or or pacified, something like that. So really Bray is doing us all a favor, and that's how they're gonna write this this failed experiment out of here. Bray is gonna help them. And if they can either write them out or turn them into evil puppets, either way, this guy wins. Yeah, that's. I saw. I saw you make mention of that in in one of the wrestling groups, and I thought it was a brilliant idea because you've seen Bray turn faces into into heels or heel like characters, and why not do the reverse, right? He does mm-hmm. have a heel glove, right? So it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. I like it. 
Yeah. I have so many thoughts on, on how they could have made the fiend even better than they did. And I can even rationalize how Roman was able to beat him and, and things of that na- nature. But, um, I let's say that. Let's say that for episode 50. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> I, I, I just want to stress that I do not want, nor do I think I'm not sure which one is stronger that either the Hurt Business or The Fiend are baby faces now. I think they are still heels when it comes to other raw roster talent. I think they are just baby faces for the invaders, much like how WCW was when the NWO would invade or when, or a few weeks ago when Retribution would invade and the SmackDown locker room would come out or the Royal locker room would come out. So I'm hoping it's that because, I mean, The Fiend has no business being a baby face and, 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 I mean the hurt business. So why, why babyface them? They're 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 pretty darn close to perfect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't realize until you just mentioned it that they were three heels, and and uh, it didn't register with me when I watched Raw live. But yeah, they were three heels. I mean, I I just watch it and I'm just like, I like these guys. I don't like these guys. So. Well, you're just here uh, for your looks. There you go. Um, speaking of looks, let's talk about the lovely Lana. Let's talk about the women's the raw. Thank you. You're uh, a pro. Hey, listen, listen, you're like Scotty Pippen. You lay it up and I'm the Jordan. I got to slam it in. So, um, Lana and this, uh, women's world title, I think raw really missed an opportunity. I feel like it was supposed to be this season premiere, the go home show to Helena cell. And it felt like it was overall missing something. And to me, I put it on this match. I put it on the fact that they needed something big that was unexpected, giving Lana the title. She deserves it, and I'll tell you why. She deserves it because she's been paying her dues, not uh, in the ring, but, I mean, uh, you know, everything Vince has asked her to do, being a shitty fucking wedding angle, being a cuck angle, or whatever it is, even though I don't think it was a cuck angle, but um, that's what a lot of people thought it was. She's done it, People and she said yes. That word. They do. They do. They should really look at Reddit and um, mm-hmm. and and see what it really means. Um, so she's been like, "Yes, sir. Yes, Mister Vince. I'll do whatever you say." And go through the table five times uh, in a, in a month. Like, you know, she's there. Why not give her the title? I think. It was deserving, and also I love fucking seeing the wrestling community just lose their shit. Um, what were your thoughts on Lana? I, and I agree this? with everything you said. I, I I cannot express to you how big a missed opportunity this is. By the way, I love Asuka. I don't think mm-hmm. she's just the female wrestler of the year. I think she might be the wrestler of the year, period. Um, in any event, her losing the title and getting getting it back, you know, in two weeks or whatever. It wouldn't be a big deal. And and Lana losing a hell in the cell wouldn't be a big deal either. It would mm-hmm. be completely expected. But it would have been just as effective, if not more effective, if Shayna and Naya cost Asuka the, the title at a spike and gave it to Lana, uh, you know, after all they were doing. And then, then they then they you know turned on Lana also. You know, they, they went to carry her out and and the carry out turned into a Samoan drop through the table again with the title. I mean, I think that, that would have been Funny, campy, silly comedy. Lana has a title. She loses it to Hell in the Cell or, you know, in two weeks on TV or whatever. We're not talking about a long title reign here or anything like that. Um, and I think it would have been 
great and it would have been a better story. I mean, it just, like you said, a missed opportunity. I mean, it's not like Lana's a great wrestler, but really the main reason I, I thought it was going to happen was because Nero's on AEW. I mean, you know, and, and he's he's Kip Sabian second. So, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you want to show, hey, you made the wrong decision, put the title on, on his wife. I mean, you know, I know these folks, they're, they're professionals. They don't really care that much about signing this gimmicky. Now she had a seven-month reign, maybe so. But <laughs> the IWC would care, uh, and they yeah. would be crazy, and that would be worth it ju just for that, for me. Uh, and mm -hmm. I like to think that, that if I'm spiteful, Vince McMahon is 180 times as spiteful as I am. So No doubt. Yeah, so, yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it could have been a great opportunity. Again, a short title reign, just pop it to get a reaction, to get people talking, to get people flipped out. Tuesday morning, everybody's trending. Lana, oh, WWE, oh, Vince, oh, I hope he dies. How they do this? She can't wrestle. She can't wrestle, yada, yada, yada. Who gives a shit? Like. Right. I, I think she's she's again serviceable. She she she's not sloppy at all. She doesn't hurt anybody. But again, you know, does she fuck up every once in a while? I thought the match with Oscar, albeit it was five minutes, she held her own really well. You had a couple good reversals, some some hip tosses. Um, it was good. Again, I'm not saying that she's you know uh, the fucking uh, Luthez or uh, you know. Uh, Bret Hart of fucking women's wrestling, but I'm just saying she's she's all right. She can get by, and Listen, and to, to she's pop up with Brandy, Alley, Big Swole. She's 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 like sort of at that, you know, just under mediocre level. Got it. Yep. No, you're actually right. I think it would have been a great great takeaway. What speaking of um um okay, so the other debut we had on Raw was. Um, El Gran Gordo. Very quickly, what were your thoughts on El Gran Gordo? I thought it was funny in the beginning, but I think in 2020 that, you know, some WWE official should have said, no, no, take off the mask. We know who you are. Get, get out, you know, Otis, or we're going to find you. And then Tucker should have had to find a new partner. And then it could have been, you know, Ruas or Dabakato. By the way, those guys getting drafted to, to Raw, why not put them on NXT? The need bodies, those guys are probably still a bit green. I mean, you have a guy that's seven feet tall and a guy who was a Brazilian cage fighter. I mean, it can only help things. Anyway, that we're, but we're off of that. Um, so get one of those guys. They turn on Tucker or whoever it was, or, or they become another team. I don't know, whatever it was. But I thought this was a little bit silly. And the one part where... They sort of preserved it, where, or where they could have preserved it, I would have been okay with it, was when the idiotic 24-7 parade came by, but the <laughs> two remaining members of Lucha House Party sort of stopped and, and were looking for a while, like, like who's that luchador? Yeah. But then they left. They didn't even build on that. Like, they should have been like, hey, and then, and then like, you done Lucha, Lucha, and then, like, that would have been okay, but they didn't even do that, so... I thought it was dumb. I mean, I appreciated it in the beginning, but that should have been the end of it, and they should have done a real story with it. Poor Tucker. I mean, that guy. Tucker's a sh he, Tucker's shit. Like, I, I don't give a fuck about him. He's got nothing. He He's going to end up. 
I, I made this joke a while back, and I think it's gonna. It almost happened on Monday night. I think he's gonna end up being uh, put in a random tag team with probably Umberto Carrillo, and then uh, they're gonna win the tag titles. But he's not. He's not even Kona Crush. He's not even Kona Crush. You're absolutely right. Um, let's see. What else do I have here? Um, again, this was the go home show to to Hell in a Cell. What do you think of the build to Hell in a Cell? Just coming off a of Raw, like. Well, what are there? Four matches now, and one of them is Jeff Hardy versus Elias. Which, by yeah. the way, I, I, I thought Elias's little musical song—I I thought the song was actually pretty good. I wasn't really listening to it for content. I don't know if I would like it the third time, but thought it was pretty good. Um, but you like you liked it better than about Jeff Hardy versus Elias. No, nah, nobody's nobody cares. You did you like the Elias songs better than the new Raw intro song? Yes, I hate I hate the new Raw intro song. It's pretty kind. Of, I told you it, it it grows on you after like the fifteenth time listening to it. So I'm pretty sure that by February fourteenth you'll love it. Yeah, maybe the reverse. Maybe I'll hate the Elias song if I ever hear it again, <laughs> and maybe I'll love the Raw song by then. But listen, I, I I I don't really remember the last time I liked a Raw song. I mean, they haven't really been doing music for me for a while. I think the last song I liked is the one where they're like, "Bring in the boom, bring in the boom." That. That one? Do you remember that song? No, no. <laughs> I don't remember yeah, that. One. I, I can't carry a tune, so I don't even really try. So very good. Sorry. Uh, yeah, don't. Good, good thing that we're not singing here. We're, we're definitely no. Bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah, that's that one. I know that one. I think you meant yeah. click, click, boom. I think that's the one you, you're talking about. It could be. Anyways, yeah. this yeah. is not. We are no. We're definitely no Jericho and MJF when it comes to singing songs here. Yes. <laughs> yet um yeah i just felt like it was no like even the randy fucking drew mcintyre build was like fucking fall, fell flat like i didn't give a shit like i don't give it's a shit I, it's just enough already with the same guys over and over again it's just it's it, it, this is this is not a new complaint it's just a new complaint for this podcast cast because it's Episode one. The one thing I will say about AEW is that they have they do rotate in a lot of different challengers. Whether they're all deserving or not, who knows? But they rotate. There's different combinations. Now they're going to Kingston again. Swell, whatever. They're going to Orange Cassidy again. I, you know, I'm not sure if I like that pattern. Um, but I'm not going to crap on them over it. When I mean WWE has been doing this for years. It's it's like a joke. You know, you go. You go to whichever brand he's on. The first person you have to beat is Dolph Ziegler. The second person you have to beat is The Miz, you know, or Morrison first, you know, in, in whichever order. And then and then you move on to the title. So now it's, you know, now it's you have to beat Sheamus, you know, <laughs> first. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's like a little dance. You can you can almost script who the the feuds are going to be with. Um, so no, it's it, you know nothing against Orton. He's he's actually put in a pretty rock solid. COVID effort. Without um, a doubt. But this this whole thing, it, it ended. It should have ended. Doesn't need to be him. And they have other people that they that they could have done things with, you know, not least of which is Keith Lee. Maybe they didn't want him to lose so quickly, but they haven't exactly been treating him great. The dragon, your man. Um, the dragon. That's right. The dragon. I'm yeah. the dragon. Yeah. No, the, but I mean, there's four matches for a pay-per-view now. I understand the term pay-per-view is in anachronistic. There's probably nobody who buys them. Most everyone sees them on the network for nine ninety nine or their, their free trial, which they keep changing VPNs for 
or, or whatever. Um, so maybe that's why they don't try very hard, but you know, they should because their ratings sting. Their their viewership, you know, is going down. So uh, you know, uh, that's what I say. Let's do a quick um, recap of uh, um, Helena Cell predictions. Just the three cell matches, really, because I think that's really what's on the card at the moment. Um, what are your thoughts on Sasha versus Bailey? It's Sasha's time. Yep, yep. I, I I've loved this entire angle. I think for it to last as long as it has has been amazing. I think that they've worked themselves into the length. Like, I think they wanted to execute this at SummerSlam, and mm-hmm. they were so good at being entertaining with each other, against each other, that Vince probably said, I can't pull you guys apart yet because I need you, especially during the COVID thing or after the COVID thing, after WrestleMania. These guys were probably week after week the most entertaining thing on WWTV, both Raw and SmackDown, because they were traveling from both shows. And they work themselves out of a match. And now mm-hmm. finally they can have this match. And I think um, it's, it's Sasha's – Sasha – it's just – she should be very proud of herself because I feel from last – what was it? The WrestleMania where they lost to the Iconics and she took her ball and went home mm-hmm. to now, she it's a complete 360. Is it 360 or 180? I don't know. I always get that confused. It's Is a it a half turn? Th- is it a 180? She would bring you back to where you she'd still be she'd be crying on the floor just maybe counterclockwise. She would, right? That thank you. I'm always confusing those two. I know that a 180 is a half turn, but I just don't understand the euphemism. But mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't use it. But here I, I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sasha, it's 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 definitely her time, and she's definitely deserving. She's learned a lot from taking her ball and going home, and and it's a real joy to watch her. Not only because you know she's easy on the eyes, but uh, you know she's she's just phenomenal. What are your you thoughts? Two things: I shouldn't sing, and you shouldn't use three hundred and sixty or one hundred and eighty. But I, I agree with you. I think it's Sasha's ter- time, and I'll expand on that just a bit. She needs to have a respectable title run because she's had all these title runs where she's lost a title in a week or a few days or a month. So she needs to have a respectable tenure. You know. You know, I would say at least until WrestleMania, if not without yet. a doubt, without yeah. a doubt, that's a very good point. What are your thoughts on Reigns and Jey Uso? I mean, it's going to be longer than it needs to be, but but Reigns it has to win. If Reigns doesn't win, I, you know, I don't understand anything about wrestling. Even even WWE, they finally got Reigns right. Finally, yes. I mean, he in three or four weeks they turned him from someone that nobody wanted to ever see again, and just by letting him be his heel self, just adopting his own natural personality, probably or or the one that at least was conveyed, he he's already made himself the most important champion in wrestling. I know there's probably New Japan fans out there going, ah! so let let's let's just say. In North America, okay, uh, and yes, I'm including AAA and CML, CLL, or whatever it is, CMLL in that. Um, so yeah, it's it's got to be Reigns. Jay Uso is not going to be title. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if Jimmy Uso is healthy enough that he's going to be the next one, though. That sort of makes sense. 
But yeah. Reigns wins. Yeah, Reigns is without a doubt going to win, but I think it's going to be, he's going to like bludgeon him to a bloody pulp. He's going to really heal it up. I feel like they're still trying, as much as the rumors are that Goldberg is uh, going to be, I think Goldberg is plan B if The Rock doesn't come through. But signs point to Rock being the guy that's going to save this Samoan family and challenge Reigns. Like, that's the way the story should end. It's been a very compelling story. I Again, we talked about Sonny Kiss. Hey, give him the ball. Let's see what he can do with it. Jey Uso, phenomenal. And the fact that he's been playing this victim, the facials, all this, the, everything. The, 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 I don't know if you, know, you saw it on Friday Night Smackdown where – you know, him and Reigns with the chair, like, it was just excellent. It was great storytelling. It reminded me of, uh, you know, way back when to Hogan and Macho Man, when they split up, like, it's just very good storytelling, very compelling. And you got two guys executing their roles. It's just phenomenal stuff. I loved, I love SmackDown. I think SmackDown, last Friday, SmackDown was probably the best WWE show they put on in over a year. Yeah, I'll just say that, that I don't want this match to go as long as the last one. I want Reigns to have learned his lesson, not be so slow and methodical, and just and just be a destructive force. Yeah, Jay's gonna have to get some some uh, offense. Offense. I mean, it's, it's it, I wouldn't mind if it was like Kenny Sonny. Um, I don't think it will be, but if this is a, a six or seven match, six or seven minute match, and then another six or seven minutes of a beatdown, I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it's going to be hard because you know there's only four four matches on the card. If this one's just <laughs> seven minutes, then what's the rest of the time? Now nah, you know Vince is going to write like ten yeah, more no, matches an no, hour no, before. They'll they'll figure it out. But yeah, keep keep tossing the matches. Let's 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 do it. I mean, that's pretty much all the matches. Let's move on to just quickly because I know we got to wrap up soon. Um, NWA um, and UWN. I'm not too familiar with this, so I'm just going to toss the ball to you, and you can. Take it away. Yeah, I, I, you know, a lot of shows only cover the major shows, the wrestling shows, and then there are some that just do sort of niche things. I, I just wanted us to do quick hits in the world of wrestling, things that are sort of like, I'll call them minor majors, so some news items. Mance Warner is a wrestler who's probably best known as a deathmatch wrestler. Um, he works for MLW now. He asked for his release. AW has expressed interest in him. MLW has declined his release. So it looks like he's stuck with MLW for the time. And he must have one of the newer contracts that does not allow him to work for any televised national outlet, which differentiates him from Brian Pillman Jr., who has one of the older contracts. Now uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when his contract expires uh, as well. Um, So there is also something called... UWN. I don't even know what it stands for. It's probably United Wrestling Network. Uh, They're interesting because they're in a partnership with NWA, which packed up from Georgia and moved to LA. NWA and UWN does, uh, I think it's called Primetime Live. They do weekly pay-per-views. That's their business model now, or at least that's NWA's. Uh, So a couple things interesting there, maybe. Pope is the new NWA TV champion. He defeated Zicky Dice who was someone who sort of got over in NWA proper. 
He asked for his release. The rumor was that he got his release, but then it was revealed that he didn't get his release. So I guess he went back there. Uh, I guess the agreement was he would lose the, the belt. I don't know if he'll get his release. I don't know if he's still stuck on, on a contract or what, but Pope is their new TV champion. UWN is having a title tournament right now for their World's Heavyweight Championship. And the interesting thing about it is who's in it. There's only eight competitors in it, but one of them is Eric Rowan, who I was not aware was working anywhere. He's going by Eric Redbeard. Some other names of note are Mike Bennett, uh, who you might remember as Mike Canellis, formerly of the kingdom as well. Um, Davy Boy Smith Jr., who sometimes goes by Harry Smith. Carl Fredericks, who was a Ring of Honor top prospect candidate a few years ago and a New Japan Young Lion. One of the people they were, New Japan was going to build their North uh, America expansion around. He's stuck here. So I guess they're giving him some freedom to do some work. And he's been working with NWA and, and UWN. He's actually really good. You should, you should check him out. Peter Avalon, the librarian, is in it. What's he doing in a world championship match? I don't know. It's an indie, so it's different. But regardless, uh, that seems silly to me. Um, do you remember any of the, the names that were on, on that list? I mean... I recognize them all. I just can't think of any others right now. I, I, I didn't do I, it. I don't. No, I, I remembered Eric Redbeard because I was like, you know what? This is a really good indie name. Like, this is okay. uh, perfect. He's Eric and he's a Redbeard. Yeah. Chris Dickinson is is one of the other names. I think that's seven. He's he's Chris Dickinson's a pretty jack guy. He's a pretty well-known known and pretty well-respected indie wrestler that some people aren't sure why he wasn't signed by any of the bigger promotions yet. I don't have any information on that, but he's he's my and I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody else, but it's it's online. You can check it out. Um, also, the uh, Ring of Honor is back in production, and you may or may not know this, but EC3 is in Ring of Honor as well as Impact. So he made his TV de debut last week, and this week he's going to be a six man match tagging with the Briscoes against Shane Taylor Productions, which is Shane Taylor and the Soldiers of Savagery. Um, who are uh, MCW uh, Maryland guys uh, as well. Uh, the Pure Tournament continues. Uh, no real surprises. Lethal and Gresham are still in it. Josh Woods is in it. And Tracy Hot Sauce Williams, who I call American Zack Sabre Jr., is in it. Um, dear listeners, you're going to be our long-term listeners. You're going to know that I don't much care for Zack Sabre Jr., but I also want you to know before you get too upset about that, it's not really necessarily about him. It's just that he's an archetype for sort of everything I don't like in wrestling. And there's plenty of other names that I could substitute equally uh, to that. But he's the first one that I knew as a name. And he got all built up. And then I looked on the internet and I said, what? <laughs> that guy? Um, so anyway, so that's, that's your final for this weekend will be the A block and the B block finals, uh, which will lead to the... Um, you know, the, the, the pure championship the next week. And my guess is after that's over, they'll return to regular TV. So you've got that six-man match, and the other feud that they're renewing is Matt Melvin Taven against Vinny Massalia or Vincent, who has a little faction called Horror Inc. And they're actually pretty cool. Now, I haven't seen the other faction members back yet. RH does have a bubble, and people are getting there slowly. But Check out the Horror Inc. music video and sort of their vignettes. It's it's actually pretty cool. They're doing some interesting work. Um, 
So it, it's kind of creepy, sort of like a, a discount Bray Wyatt, Charles Manson. Not now Bray Wyatt, but uh, Swamp Bray Wyatt, kind of Charles Manson <laughs> he's, thing. He's the he's the wish the yeah. wish version. There's Is he like Waylon Waylon Mercy? Chuckles. Yeah, we've got an evil clown that that's always a winner, and then a guy named Bateman who's been around for a while. He's a a, a taller, bigger guy, sort of a, in the Jake the Snake Roberts sort of uh, build mode. He's he's in that group, and th and there's a tall redhead woman who sort of looks like a, a taller, leaner version of Veda Scott. I'm, I'm, I've never seen her wrestle, but she's, and, and I for life of me I can't remember her name. I, I thought it was Veda Scott at first, um, but it's not. It's it's somebody entirely different. Um, and I'm uh, going to have to look her up. Impact. Uh, they have a pay-per-view this weekend, Round for Glory. Um, Moose and EC3 aforementioned, they're, they're going to be in an unsanctioned match. There's some rumors that it's going to be cinematic. Uh, Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan are apparently in some sort of uneasy alliance. I don't know what to tell you. There, Heath is wrestling for a job, um, so I guess he's going <laughs> to win. Uh, I, I don't promise to do a whole lot of impact coverage here, but we're at least acknowledging that it exists. Um, I feel like there's so many people that will like that, that like hit me up going, do you guys cover um, impact? And I'm like, no, I, I there's just, sometimes it's just too much wrestling to, to, to cover everything. Yeah. But, but if we get a Patreon and you guys, you know, fund us up the wazoo, I'll, I'll watch impact. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Word. I'm um, go just going back to the to the pure title, um, I don't know if many people know this because they might not follow ROH, but I heard Jay Lethal on Busted Open, and I, I was very intrigued by this the, the idea of this match or this title being like pure wrestling, talking about a 20, uh, when you're out of the ring, it's a 20 count. There's a limit to how many rope breaks you can get, and then yeah. once you right. you run out of your rope breaks – the your opponent doesn't need to break like i love that i, I think yeah. that's genius i think that i don't understand why some of those rules aren't incorporated in regular uh sports entertainment or wrestling but i guess you know maybe i do know yeah. why they're not incorporated but but i like the idea that this is different and it seems more sporty listen ring of honor is sort of my local promotion and i for a while, ironically, was doing a weekly Ring of Honor report, which started to become not ironic. Um, but for the people who turned to AEW, hoping that it would be a more sports entertainment alternative to WWE, and either still like it or are disappointed that it's not, Ring of Honor is a good alternative for you. Um, it is definitely more of a sports entertainment product or, or more of a wrestling product less sports sports entertainment, but there's enough of That's it right. in there that it's not dull, and it's not nearly the camp level that NWA was. I know people like to pretend that NWA was like 1980s NWA. No, it wasn't. Aaron Rex wasn't. The question mark wasn't. I mean, it, it just it just wasn't. It, it, it was campy and, and silly, and in its own way, it, it was fun and quirky, but it, it wasn't old-school wrestling. The closest thing you're going to find is Ring of Honor, People tell me MLW too. I'll be frank with the audience. I watched MLW for about six weeks. I couldn't take it anymore. Um, just, I mean, too many 165-pound guys, you know, as the main faces. I, I just can't do it. I, I, I just can't. I hear you. It's hard to take, like, small guys. Like, 
this is why I could never take uh, uh, what's his name, Double A, uh, uh, Austin Aries, uh, <laughs> seriously, because yeah. I'm like, if I'm bigger than the guy, like, and granted, I'm pretty sure if I ran into Austin Aries in the street, he'd probably whip my ass. But don't be so sure. He's a vegan. The, the fact that I can like see him and be bigger than him and look bigger than him and weigh more than him, I feel like. I could do that. Like, I just need to get lean and cut and, uh, you know, do a lot of jumping jacks or whatever. Listen, but I, yeah. I, I, I feel you. I'm, a, I'm about a 250-pound man. I'm not in great shape. I mean, there's been times in my life where I was strong. Some of that still exists. Old man, strength is real. But if I got into <laughs> a bar fight with a guy in close quarters and I'm, gonna, and I'm able to get my arms around Austin Aries and fall down on him, he's done. That's right. Or, or Matt DiNapoli. <laughs> I don't know anything about Matt DiNapoli. He's 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 such a uh, he's such he's such a liberal. He probably doesn't fight. He probably would just send me flowers and universal health care. Nah, he's a funny guy. All he's right, funny. very good. A lot of those guys, uh, Jason, Jay, a lot of guys in that in that wrestling group are funny. Well, are um, we putting over a wrestling group now? Or are we putting this show over. We're putting, yeah, we're, we, we got to put ourselves over first. You can't be putting guys. anybody over before we build up ourselves. Our, if our, they were our so brand. good, they'd be with us here. That's right. There you go. Um, so anything else to cover, Jeff? I think we've covered it all. There's always more, but there's no need. There's, I hear you, man. I, I hear mean, you. We've well, got a 42 pay-per-views coming up. Uh, maybe I'll watch <laughs> Hell in a Cell. Very good. I have to watch it because uh, I have to re probably review it afterwards uh, for Unpopular Review. Please check out Unpopular Review on Facebook. It's a uh, review entertainment content, pretty much a review brand where we just review wrestling. We review movies, TV shows, all other stuff. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, anything you want to plug, uh, Jeff? No. I, I Well, yes, of course, but uh, I, you know, uh, Maybe we'll be doing a uh, prediction show if there's more um, matches announced. I'm sure they will be after Friday. Um, maybe I'll be on something with Unpopular Review. I don't know. I know I know Dylan and David both hold a grudge, rightfully right. so, but I'm better than they are. Um, yeah, I have another podcast called Garden of Doom. It's really cool. It's with uh, Shaheen uh, from Nuclear Heat Graphics. It is not a wrestling podcast, so it's not competing for your wrestling attention span. It's sort of a variety show. And we, we cover a lot of things from current events, trying to get too political, but also like real science issues, but also sort of fringe science issues. But we try to take them seriously. So we'll cover things like the Anunnaki and ancient aliens and and Bigfoot. But we also had a uh, aerospace engineer on. Um, we've also done a bunch of crossovers with the Inhuman Experience uh, podcast. We had the great Kevin Castle on once. Um, wow. so, so check it out. It's free show. Um, you know, and hopefully, you know, give it three or four listens and I, I think you'll be hooked. Very good. You know, I once caught Anunnaki, uh, after watching AEW. <laughs> there's no medicine for it. There's no, there's no cure. Oh, there you go. That's, yeah. that's why I, it, I got this nasty case of bad dad jokes ever since. So that's what you got to look forward to on this podcast. The, you want to uh, hear a, a bad mortgage uh, scarecrow joke? Yeah, why not? Let's let's okay, let's end a on, a, on a bad joke. Yeah, this is terrible, but it's Halloweeny, sort of. 
why did the Scarecrow's refinance fall through? I don't know why. Turns out he was just a straw man. <laughs> I, that was a legitimate laugh, everybody. That wasn't just a work laugh. Uh, and Jeff doesn't pay me for those laughs either. But yeah, yeah. thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in for this uh, first inaugural episode of... Uh, Whatever we're calling this. I like, we said earlier that we're all Marks. I like the name We're All Marks. It's okay. I like that. We'll work yeah. on it. Guys, you got any me. ideas? Yeah. Yeah. If you got, yeah. S -s send the names in. You know, if, if you if we go with your name, we'll give you a shout out and we'll send you a prize, which will be something like air. A bag of Doritos. Your favorite no, Doritos. Air. But the Doritos without the logo. There you go. We're going to send you some really no frills. Doritos that we find at a Costco. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, at all. <laughs> or the Trader Joe's, right? <laughs> Aldi, no Trader Joe's. What, what do you think? What do you, I don't got that kind of money. <laughs> we don't have that type of budget. All right, that type of budget. Very good. Well, for for Jeff, uh, I am Steve, and uh, yeah, man, uh, this has been this has been a, this has been it. This is yes. fun. Yep. Thank you, and uh, tune again uh, next week. I have fun. Peace out, guys. Peace out, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Hammerlock Hangover podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please rate us as if you were Okada in the Tokyo Dome and leave us seven stars or as many likes as you can. Please share our awesome podcast with all your friends and family who enjoy wrestling and your favorite social media outlet. If you want to interact with us, you can find Hammerlock Hangover on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to catch you on the next episode.